Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast live. Today, I'm joined by a super special guest, a good friend of mine, two good friends of mine. And the first one, this guy's a rock star. You've definitely heard of him before. In fact, he just dropped an amazing book called Screw Being Shy. Mark Metry is a best-selling author of Screw Being Shy, a global top 100 humans 2.0 podcast host. And Amazon, he's a part of Amazon's Prime's latest series, The Social Movement, and a worldwide recognized speaker. You know, today he's featured and doing all of these amazing things. But once upon a time, you know, Mark wasn't nobody. But he actually grew his brand and he grew his his personal brand and his vision so well to now today he spends his time on this planet as a 22 year old trying to impact and influence others by evolving himself and inspiring others to wake up uh, the same way he was impacted and empowered by others to upgrade to the best version of himself version 2.0 as he calls it he's the host once again of a top 100 podcast humans 2.0 make sure you check it out if you have not, it's a really amazing podcast. In fact, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be one of the guests in the past, which I've always been grateful for Mark for. And that podcast today, I'm talking today, has been viewed 50 million times, 50 million times, and is ranked as one of the top podcasts in the world, right alongside Tim Ferriss, NPR, Lewis House, and Gary V. Yes, the man himself, Gary Vaynerchuk. And we're going to talk a little bit about how and what inspired Mark to start that movement in that podcast, but also what inspired and what was the creative process be behind his latest book, Screw Being Shy, and what's next for Mark, right? With everything going on in the world, what's he building next? Because he's the type of cat that's always up to something. So I'm really excited to talk to Mark. In fact, he's currently outside right now at <laughs> sitting on a patio. What's up, Mark? Tim, Tim, dude, what is up, man? This guy is beautiful. Life is great. Thanks so much for having me on, dude, dude. Remember when you came on my show, we, you know, chatted like a month ago and uh, it's been great to see you and, you know, what you've got with Guide and the podcast you guys have started. So thanks for having me, bro. It's a real honor. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for all the things that you've been doing. You know, Mark, I would love for you to kind of a little, share a little bit about because not a lot of people know Mark. A lot of people see Mark and all of the hustle, but a lot of people don't know Mark and kind of like what drove you to doing a lot of what you, you're doing now. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your background with our amazing guy community, man. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I um, am a son of uh, immigrants. Uh, my parents came from Egypt to America on the East Coast, grew up in uh, Massachusetts, Boston, and, um, you know, had a really interesting time. And for me growing up, I experienced a lot of social anxiety. And it wasn't just when I was a kid, but it was also, you know, I remember being in high school and not really having any friends, not really being able to uh, speak up for myself, not even knowing what I, what I was even going to do in life. And so I really spent that time as a kid on the Internet. And that's really where I began to learn marketing, a lot of the stuff. I remember having a YouTube channel back in like 2009. And it was just like all like when I look back at it now, it's just all these different ways that. I kind of coped with, uh, you know, my anxiety, you know, like my mental health and things like that. And by the time I got to college when I was 18, that's where I really began to change my life around. And at first, I changed my life in the opposite direction. And I, you know, became depressed for the first time. Uh, at one point in my life, I was obese. 
uh, really abusing a lot of things, being really unhealthy. And yeah, when I was about 18, I, I was just like, man, I literally cannot live my life like this. And I know if I do, I, I'm literally going to be a statistic. And uh, I didn't want to be like that. And so through a series of nights and weeks and months and years, I've been trying to totally renew my mindset, my mental health, my vision, my mm. community, the people around me. And now, you know, I do a lot of different things, but for me, my, my real main passion is, you know, mental health, right? Like yeah. we just here in America, we just passed by uh, July 4th Independence Day. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't really have independence. And of course, I think that's a major issue. But personally for me, you know, I look at what is real independence, you know, and to me that starts in someone's mind. That's the biggest thing. And I grew up and I wasn't free in my own mind. And I see people around me that are like that. And so whether it's through my book, my podcast, uh, anything I do, it's all about trying to push that down and trying to change the world through the lens of like mental health. Because it's really only once you start there, then I think we can make our society um, a lot better. And, you know, people can just live without like constantly like being at war with themselves inside of their minds and yet it's invisible um and so yeah man that's that's my main thing <laughs> yeah no mark and i and i love that too because similar to you i'm really passionate about mental health you know and you and i are connected on instagram so i share, I share a lot of kind of uh content on instagram around emotional health mental health yeah and, and i think people don't realize how much of a struggle it is right even as a leader or even in especially in the current day and age right COVID 19 has probably caused a spike um, in the rise of mental health, emotional distress issues that are going on in America. And I actually think mental health is probably one of the biggest problem areas that entrepreneurs can start building solutions for. So I want you to touch a little bit more on Screw Being Shy, right? Because I think you've always had it in your heart to write this book. And it finally came yeah. out around like the best time in the world. What was the creative <laughs> process behind that? How long has it been in it was it kind of in fruition? And I want to show love to the people listening. What's up? If you're listening, please let us know where you're tuning in from as Mark answers the question. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree on your note on mental health and entrepreneurship. I'm I'm really excited to see what, what happens. And I'm, I'm, you know, glad to contribute at least some part of it. And, or people look up to me as a leader, which is awesome. But, um, you know, for me, I really wrote this book, man, because, listen, I, I could have written so many books. I was going to write a book on podcasting. I was going to write a book on like marketing and, and being an introvert. How do you do that? I was going to write a book on a lot. But honestly, whenever I told my story on stage, whenever I was in L.A. or, or any place like last year, I like went to the biggest cities in America and I spoke there. And literally every single time mm -hmm. I would have at least one person come up to me and they'd be like, you know, hey, Mark, you know, thank you for sharing your story. And this person, when they would walk up to me, they probably wouldn't be making eye contact. They'd probably be a little bit nervous. Their voice would shake a little bit. And they'd ask me, you know, how did you go from someone who spent most of their life yeah. with extreme social anxiety, not being able to talk, to being able to, like, speak your story on stage in front of hundreds of people and with do it with confidence? And so that literally happened to me everywhere <laughs> where I really shared my purpose. I really shared my essence on stage. And so I was like, man, I, I got to write a book about this because I, I've read books about social anxiety. I've read books on, um, 
you know, emotional intelligence. I've read books on body language, on presentation, on networking skills. But honestly, I have I had yet to find a book that really kind of like goes into the root cause of like what actually is social anxiety and how does somebody get to the root of it? And then how does somebody holistically take mm-hmm. steps to begin to heal from that? Not just through my anecdotal story, but actually supporting it by scientific evidence and, and mentioning studies done by people who are much smarter than me. And so I really just wanted to write this book to give people an understanding of like, what is social anxiety? It's totally different from being an introvert. This is how you actually deal with it. This is why it happens. Mm. Um, these are some things that can help you. And then like the most practical things on you know how to heal from so many different perspectives. And so for me, I remember like I got the idea for it. It was literally, um, it was uh, when I was coming home from LA on a flight and I was like, I was just kind of like thinking about this. I was thinking about like what I sp- what I spoke on last night and the people that came to me and I was like, dude, I, like it's it's enough. And I remember like waking up that day or rather the night of and like not being able to sleep because I kept on seeing in my head like screw being shy, screw being shy, screw mm. being shy. And so it was literally from then I remember just on this like five, six hour flight, just literally jotting down like my ideas for it and even like writing some of it. But I actually ended up deleting all of that. So, um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. And so I definitely learned a lot about the, you know, creative process in, in general. And, you know, it was my first book. And um, it was definitely a super interesting process, man. I'm, I, I'm happy to get into it. But, um, you know, for me, it was really a process of how do I, now that I kind of understand this idea in my head, how can I kind of segment this and almost drip this? into someone's mind so that they understand it, even if they have no idea what I'm talking about. And so you kind of have to do like some reverse engineering of like, okay, if you know a subject really well, if you try to explain it in that way, the person may not understand it. And this is why, for example, like we see a lot of like really, really smart people, intellectuals, teachers, professors that may be like really good experts Mm. at what they're talking about, but they just don't know how to communicate it. And so it's kind of similar Uh, to that. And so for me, a major part of my process was like literally writing and then just like erasing it and like doing that multiple times so that I can begin to understand and then talking with people about it. Um, And and like another thing that I did that I was told is um, from one of my mentors, who's like a New York Times bestselling author is, you know, he told me it's all about the story, you know, and I didn't really want to write a book about my story, though, because I feel like, you know, my story is still kind of happening. And I want to share parts of it, but not the whole thing, like an autobiography. But he told me that stories are really the way to go. Yeah. And, you know, he made me make an entire list of, like, my experiences throughout my life. All the different stories in my life that I look back on now that really impacted me and changed me. And so what I began to do was you take those stories that taught you a specific thing. And, you know, you kind of introduce the chapter, you kind of introduce the beginning of this with sort of the climax of your story. And, you know, like, for example, one like an example of how I did this is, um, you know, in the introduction of the book, the book starts off and it's uh, me and my sister. We're at a restaurant and I'm talking to the waitress and I order my meal. And then I look back to my sister and I'm like, yo, her name is Maggie. I'm like, hey, Maggie, holy crap. I just talked to that waitress 
without having like a panic attack yeah. on the inside of me. And then it's like, whoa, I've never done that before. And so I was really able to use some of the stories to drip them throughout the book to just provide that understanding, to provide that vehicle, because, you know, you know this as much as anyone, the ability to be a good storyteller is the ultimate way to, to like, you know, spread a message. Because the reality is like people are not going to remember statistics, data points, they're going to remember them within the context of someone's story. And so um, that's another great communication tip. But yeah, man, it was such a, such a crazy process that like, it was, it was truly brutal. Like it was not that fun to be honest with you. It was definitely fun in, in some parts, but it was brutal. Did, did you but feel, it was almost kind of like running a marathon. Like realizations throughout the process about yourself that you didn't even realize prior to writing the book. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's and let me let me shout out to Raquel, shout out to Ann, and shout out to Sam who's tuning in from Colorado, Boston, as well as Charlotte. Thank you all oh, so Boston. much for listening to Mark and I on today's live guide podcast. But as you were saying, Mark. Yeah, no, um I I definitely think that I learned a lot about myself and uh you know I think one of the most powerful things that I've ever learned is that you know the act of creation. Hmm. is you taking something within yourself and trying to put that on the outside world. And when you do that and you try to take this thing inside of you and you try to articulate it, yo, what's up, Philip? When you try to take something inside of you and you articulate that into the outside world and then you actually build it, you start designing it, you start experimenting, you start doing trial and error, you really are building a part of yourself out there Hmm. in the world. And, you know, both of us have, you know, internal and external pieces. And, you know, for me, myself, whether, you know, I, I create a book, or I, I could really create anything, you know, I try to create as much as possible um, without doing it too much. You always learn more about yourself. You know, you always feel like a, a piece of you that you, you didn't necessarily know how to articulate, you know how to process when you're able to begin to work on the process of building it in the external world. There are parts of you that come out that you didn't even know. So to answer your question in a really interesting way. Yeah, man, a lot. It was a crazy experience, and I can't wait to write my next book. Man, I'm excited for you, man, because I think it's it's powerful when you do things like that and you are so into your creative process that it lacks parts that you didn't, you didn't even realize. It's it's actually, I think it's a powerful awakening. Dude, so, I, I mean, you, you not only have written a book on helping people with social anxiety, but as you've mentioned, you've talked to some of the world's leading experts. So I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, one of the greatest podcasts in the world right now, your podcast, but also some of the people that you've talked to that have inspired this and are your mentors, man. I mean, Guy Levine Jane, who is, you know, doing crazy, crazy things for the world. You know, how have they, one, kind of inspired you to do the work that you continue to do? And who or what have you really been learning from a few of them? What are some of the highlights from from those experiences? Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, and speaking of Naveen Jane, I was actually just uh, texting him this morning. uh, (laughs) We're doing a live stream on LinkedIn this week, actually, on Thursday. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, honestly, in all the people who I've been able to meet, Jay Shetty, Naveen Jain, um, uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist on Instagram, a lot of amazing people. I, I have universe, like the one commonality that I've been able to get is that when I've been able to meet these people, when I'm able to like text them, they're able to mentor me and I'm able to help them in some way. The biggest thing that's taught me is that literally everything is possible. Like Mm -hmm. literally everything. 
And, you know, there's like that whole cliche quote of you surround yourself with the top five people. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But it's like when those top five people are hmm. some of the greatest leaders in the world, like for example, Naveen Jain, the guy literally owns a space company. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, obviously, obviously like I, you know, I'm, I'm 22. I can't compare myself too much to him, but um, that's the biggest thing of like, you literally, I like now in my head, I'm in a spot where like literally anything is possible. Yeah. This guy who's now my friend, he's done it. I can do it. You know, it'll probably take a lot of work, a lot of steps, a lot of years, but for sure, anything is possible. The second commonality that I've gotten that mm. has been so helpful for me is that all of these people, they still have, you know, mad insecurities and fears. And I, I remember I was talking to um, uh, John Marty. And he was asking me this, this same question. And I told him the same thing of like, all these amazing people that I've been able to meet who have like 2 million followers on Instagram or whatever it is. And, and like, they're helping so many people. They mm. all still have insecurities, flaws, fears. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, like when we are on the outside of that, we disassociate ourselves. We're like, oh, there's no way we could possibly be them because you know, I'll, I'll do this when I, when I, when I stop getting afraid. But the mm. moment you, you understand that they're humans, they go through these totally natural human emotions, like all of us, like fear, like shame, like guilt, and they're able to process and be open about them. That's really where um, you just begin to do things and, and really just, you know, hold yourself accountable because everyone has these fears. And it's not about comparing yourself to other people, but it's just knowing that this is a part of the process. Um, so yeah, those are things that I've like universally learned and, and like one person who comes to mind as someone who I've learned a lot from is uh, this guy named uh, Dr. Daniel Amen. Mm. And, uh, this guy, he is, he's literally, uh, Justin Bieber's and, and, uh, Miley Cyrus's like mental health doctor wow. doing like documentaries together. And this guy, he's like a, a double board, um, certified psychiatrist, neuroscientist, multiple time New York Times bestseller and and um you know he has really provided a lot of the science and foundation for a lot of the work that I cite in regards to mental health and like you know just like some things that he's taught me is that you know a lot of people talk about like your mindset for example right yeah. like people talk about your mind and, and of course your mind is important however you know if you actually take a step further into that where is your mind? What is your mindset? Your mindset, your mind is literally in your brain, you know, like you can't have a mind without a brain. And so your brain is the physical organ that houses your mind. Hmm. And so what he brings up is like this paradigm of, of mental health that we're seeing. A lot of it actually has to do with the fact that people have really unhealthy brains due wow. to them. Uh, sitting inside all day long due to them uh, mm. not being well hydrated, maybe drinking like too much alcohol, not yeah. eating enough of the healthy foods, not getting sunlight. Um, and talking about happens, hydration. <laughs> exactly, man. And when you talk about that, it's like it's very hard for you to have a strong and healthy mindset if your brain is uh, inflamed and unhealthy. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned from him is that, um, you know, a commonality in, in a lot of like mental health problems that a lot of people experience 
is a deficiency in vitamin D, which mm. you literally get from the sun, which which you don't really connect those two. And you're like sun and your mental health, nah. But um, but like that's one example. And um, you know the other thing that that he's really been able to teach me too is that um, you know, mental illness really takes uh, decades and, and decades um mm. for it to really be a a pervasive problem. And it and a lot of it comes from lifestyle choices and um. A lot of this is uh, is very much like counterintuitive to I would say like mainstream advice, but um, a big part of this is looking at your lifestyle factors. Looking at you know, not all of us have the best genetics, you know, but it is our responsibility to to take care of them. And um, you know, like I, I cite multiple studies in my book that show, you know, if you are consuming a lot of alcohol, if you're eating a, a diet primarily filled with junk food you're not that active. That is the exact roadmap combined with a lot of people's, um, you know, psychological trauma, maybe toxic emotional environments for them to really, really fall down the rabbit hole and really um, have poor mental health. And even, you know, 10 years of doing that, really having a mental illness. And so that's a big thing that he's been able to do is challenge the paradigm of how we shift this and get more into how do we be proactive? How does an individual, how do we begin to manage and begin to heal these things? Because a lot of people are suffering from this, um, especially in, in developed countries like America, um, compared to even like developing countries, which is quite a strange kind of like paradigm that is kind of interesting to think about in some ways. Yeah, shout out to Quentin, much love to Quentin. He's a brilliant, brilliant, super active. Quentin's a man. All right, well, Queen is the man, man. Miss you, Queen. Hope you were well and everything that you're doing. And also, shout out to Mr. Moses, who's tuning in from Nigeria. You know, Mark, you also, like, look at a lot of different technologies and also solutions that are addressing, whether it be gut health, mental health. You know, can you share any recommendations that our community can probably take away yeah. learn from and probably look into? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, I would say one of the biggest things that's helped me is, and, you know, I talk about this in my book, but just to take a step back. Um, so, you know, uh, Harvard has coined this new term in health, and it's called uh, nutritional psychiatry. Ooh. And basically what this means is that um, we've been able to learn that, you know, a key neurotransmitter for just regular function and good mental health called serotonin. Um, super important for regulating your mood, um, for managing your appetite. It does a lot of different things. And um, actually, when it comes to like, people who have social anxiety, that's one of the main issues. They have problems with their serotonin. Mm. And the last like science that out of the last 10, 15 years has you know, really uncovered that if you actually look at it, most of our serotonin receptors are actually in our gut microbiome. They're not even in our brain. And your gut microbiome is basically this ecosystem between your stomach and intestines filled with trillions of bacteria, right? So, for example, you know, you you see, you know, what's happening with COVID and how a virus can go into people's gut microbiomes and completely disrupt people's health in so many different ways. That's why people have so many different kinds of symptoms. But really that is a key root of mental health it's taking care of your gut microbiome because a lot of your neurotransmitters that are responsible for you 
being in a good mood, for not having anxiety are literally in your gut, which is when you put food in your mouth, that's where your stomach and, and, and all your juices go into there to process. And so a critical tool that I have found that has been, it's actually the world's, it's like the, it's the world's only tool that can look at your gut microbiome in a legitimate way, because there were other companies that were saying they could do this, but um, I know the biggest one just got shut down, but because it wasn't real. But the only company that actually works is actually Naveen Jain's company, which is Viome. And that's because they've been able to license this from the U.S. government. Um, and so he's been able to take this technology that was only used for like national defense, like the military, in case of a bioterrorist threat where they need to find if there was some kind of a biochemical attack, what exact, like what molecules exactly having people be sick. And so he took that and he flipped that around to looking at people's gut microbiome. And so it's called, it's called Viome. And I'm not like affiliated with them in any way. I wish I was. <laughs> maybe, I talk to, maybe I could talk to Naveen about that. Uh, but um, it's uh, V-I-O-M-E. And, um, and yeah, no, it's a great company. It's like literally you do a, you do a feces test and then you literally wow. get this app on your phone and it, and like you get your results like a few weeks later and it literally tells you like, this is what you should be taking. This is what you should not be eating. And it gives you exactly what you should do. You know, it's, it's like a no, it's a no kind of guess. And, and like the big, the big kind of theme with this is like our health for so many years has been, uh, it's been something that's so unknown. It's been a black box. You know, you kind of just like take this supplement, you like try out this thing, but you don't really know if it's working. Yeah. And like the, the best part about like the ability to use AI, artificial intelligence alongside with this other technology of like detection is you actually get to see like what ex is exactly right for your body. You know, it's no longer like placebo. It's no longer like, hey, just take the supplement. It's like, this is why you should take this exactly why. And this is how it'll affect you. And if you do it, you'll see the effects. Um, so that, that for me has been a major, major, major um, boost. And then a major boost too, just like outside of, um, although it's all connected outside of like mental health, just in terms of like my productivity as an entrepreneur, like I used to have such trouble with focus. I, I really did. And, and I think part of that is kind of emotional of like, you know, you may not be wanna focusing on that and so you'll procrastinate. But then I think the other part of it has to do with like your actual brain. And like for me, you know, like making sure that my brain is well fed with like a omega-3 fatty acids, different supplements that I take. I always eat a right diet, make sure I drink water, not too much coffee, not too much alcohol. Yeah. And like my focus now is like a laser, like I'm able to point it. And like that's how I'm able to do so many different things from my book to do this, to LinkedIn, to all these different things. And like that's that's what it really is, man. And that's the message that I'm really trying to bring of like, entrepreneurs need to get more dialed in on yeah their mental health but their overall health you know like what is it what's happening to their brain because that's going to come out in so many different ways whether it's productivity or whether it's you know like if people you know if your brain is 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 inflamed it's suffering because you're not taking care of it and you have seven other things to do right now and you're stressed already and like maybe your team member comes in your office or like a family member you could have like an emotional reaction and that's not because you're a bad person. That's just because of, you know, your brain and the circumstance. And so that's like another big thing that I really want people, especially entrepreneurs, co-founders, CEOs to realize because ultimately it, you know, it's that that's going to be able to, to help you 
build your team, build your startup, build your business. And that, for example, I learned this from, uh, you know, Vishen Lakiani of Mind Valley. You know, he was telling me that his productivity is like 50 times the average person because of all these different self-development mindset, mental health, things that he's able to do and then spread those with the people he loves. And, you know, I think, I think that is, that's like a real part of like this revolution of, uh, of the individual of, of independence, you know, it's people being free inside of their own minds to then be able to say like, Hey, I'm in control now. Let me point this towards, you know, a social problem. Let me point this towards a business, a startup that I want to solve. And I think ultimately it comes down with the individual's responsibility because ultimately that's how you're going to influence the people around you and the world. So, you know, that's really it, man. It's all like this cycle and it all has to do with business and technology and mental health yeah. and everything. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I think what I love about, you know, your, your message is that it's not a matter of the productivity hacks. It's the, it's the self-control, the emotional wellness, the mind hacks. Like how are you orienting and calibrating your mind to be your best performing self? And I think we often start with the tools, the technologies, and like the extrinsic things that you can mold. But you're saying, how do you transform yourself from within? Like by being more self-aware, more more intentional from within. And I think that's actually a, a more powerful pull um, for people to have behavior changes in their life, but also to see how can you construct and design a life that you're proud of where you're healthy and you're also able to be fulfilled. So, you know, I, I, I and I, I think I've always loved that about the way you put yourself out there and what you've shared with the world. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and inspiring so many of us and so many people. Where can the people find out more about your work and can you share what the latest book is gonna be about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a long way to go for sure. I definitely have, a, I need to do a lot of more things in, in life. So probably out like in three, four years, that's what I'm thinking. But, um, really, really what it's gonna be about is like, it's this entire balance between like how do you do amazing things but not kill yourself in the process and like i think the best way to like explain this is like batman right bruce yeah. Wayne, right so so this guy the batman because, <laughs> exactly, be, because this guy has so much trauma because this guy has seen his parents literally die this mm. billionaire is going to dress up as a bat and beat the crap out of people in the streets in the city and you also see that you know it's very dark for him it, it conflicts him a lot too and so that's how I view entrepreneurs. We're all given like this intrinsic, like we all have our own origin story and that causes a lot of pain, but it's also that same pain that enables us to create amazing things in the world that ends up changing the course of, of, of many people's lives and many generations. And so it's this whole balance of like, how do you, how do you hold the, the, the sword of life, the double-edged sword while you know, using it to be a warrior and do things while not cutting yourself and that's that's how i view mental health so that's really where i'm going to go obviously it's going to take a lot of work but people can check me out on um people go to my website mark metry m-a-r-k-m-e-t-r-y.com they'll see like my podcast my book um people can add me on linkedin on instagram i always try to share stuff on there email you, me you actually have a new course coming out on how people can level up on linkedin right yeah, yeah. no so so this course is actually out. I uh, I'm actually done with this course, but I'll I'll give you a sneak peek. I'm actually in the middle of creating this uh, this program for podcasting because like over the last two or three years, I've um I've been able to uh, work with uh, a lot of people from like Fortune 500 CEOs to startup founders to start their podcast. 
but I want to scale myself out and I want to create something that still has like the interactivity of being like one-on-one with someone, being able to give someone like exercises, activities on their podcast. How do you create it? How do you scale it? So that's the next thing I'm working on. My, but my LinkedIn course is actually out already. But <laughs> you, man. you. So make sure you check out Mark's website. I've shared it in the comments, markmetry.com. Mark, thank you so much, brother. What's your powerful and influential takeaway for our amazing guy community man, for today? Yeah, you know, what I would say is that, um, you know, some of the some of the, the time, some of the days in my life where I felt the most lost, I look back on today and that's actually what I know needed to happen for me to get to where I am. And so a, a great quote that I've always taken with me I believe it's by Robin Sharma. I could be wrong, but it's uh, a man himself. Bad, yeah, it's uh, a bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. And it's wow. just remind me, like, even if you have a, a not so great day and you judge yourself and like you, you weren't that productive, that was still like a growth day in some other perspective that you're just not thinking about right now. So that for me is like the perfect guide. I love that, man. I love that so much, brother. Thank you so much, man. We need to have you on for a future episode. What do you think? Dude, 100,000%. And hopefully maybe one day in person. Oh, uh, yeah. what happens in the world. Well, COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we can all do that. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you too, man. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wasn't me awesome? Shout out to Mark. Our next guest is just as awesome. Madeline Mann is an influencer, a content creator, a talent development guru, and a career strategist, life strategist. I mean, she's everything in the book. She's going to be actually joining us in a few minutes. But before we have her on, we're going to take a little bit of a break. So if you want to get a drink, if you want to go talk to your family, if you want to just chill for a little bit, we'll be right back and get back on with the show. All right, y'all. See you soon.
And we're back. I fixed my mic, so I think it's much, much more better <laughs> now. And my next guest, I'm super excited about talking with her. Oh my God, is she influential? I am going to be speaking with Miss Tangerine Tips herself, the creator of Self Made Millennial, Madeline Mann, who has a content channel that spans TikTok, LinkedIn, and YouTube that provides rapid fire, battle tested career and job search advice. And it has reached thousands and thousands of people with powerful testimonials as well as subscribers. She has over 300,000 people following her on TikTok. I think hundreds of thousands following her on LinkedIn. And her YouTube channel is like, I don't even know what the count is, but it's just influential. And she's created so much content for the last few years that I absorb it all myself. And, you know, I've, I've watched her grow into the powerhouse that she is on LinkedIn as well as on all the other social platforms she's she's on. She's been featured in Business Insider, Newsweek, SHRM. And I mean, this person, she's just a rocket ship. So I'm excited to talk with her because we're really going to dive deep on job search tips, a little bit about Madeline's background and actually what inspired her to build the platform that she's currently cultivating, the movement that she's leading and really helping career job seekers Take control of their careers, honestly, and more importantly, be self-made or create what a self-made millennial type career looks like. I'm excited to talk to Madeline. Please let's show her some love and let me know where you're tuning in from. Madeline, what's up? Hello, Tim. So great to be here. Madeline, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Where are you tuning in from? I'm in Los Angeles. You're in LA. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. How are you hanging in there given everything going on in the world? Yeah, it has been, you know, you just kind of adapt and you really try to evolve. I know as soon as COVID hit, um, that was when I was like, okay, now I need to step up with my job search advice because you can't just rely on the same advice, you know, from the past. There's so many different things going on. And so it has been a bit of a challenge that I've personally, you know, found as, as a bit of a calling. Yeah. No, seriously, it's totally, totally a calling. And, you know, you're one of the greatest at it online by far. And I want to ask you what, you know, what led you to building the self-made millennial movement? Because it's been a movement that you've been building for quite a few years now. So like walk us back on what inspired it. What was the moment you're like, okay, self-made millennial, this is it. Yeah, Tim. So I was leading um, human resources at a tech company and just being the one who was reading all the resumes, uh, all the scorecards after the interviews of what interviewers were saying, and then also being in the back room of understanding which employees were thriving, which ones were setting themselves up for promotion and which ones were faltering. And there was some very clear patterns that I thought if people just knew this behind the scenes knowledge, they would go about their careers in such a different way. And so I thought I would just start helping people one-on-one. People would apply to roles. I would notice that they really weren't a great fit. And so I'd reply back to their applications and say, hey, you weren't a fit for X, Y, Z reason. And I thought I was going to be everyone's savior, right? Oh my gosh, everyone wants to hear back from a recruiter about why they were uh, denied an interview. But Tim, that was not the case. They really did not like this unprompted feedback. I got a lot of kind of you know, terse emails back or, or just kind of completely disregarding that information and just not really appreciating it. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people were totally um, happy to have that information, but 
they ended up wanting to reapply and hop on the phone and discuss it more and it got out of hand. So I thought, mm. how can I help lots of people who want the help um, at the same time? And I, and I went into my bedroom, wrote about like 12 episodes all at once of self-made millennial. And I thought, okay, well that was just, that was easy. So I'm going to create this content. Wow. And it just flew out of you. And I mean, how many videos have you created on YouTube? Just on YouTube alone. Cause you hundreds, 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 hundreds. And like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think people realize how hard it is to do what you do <laughs> in terms of creating content. I care cause I create a lot of content, but you create so much good content too. So I want you to talk about before, cause I think it, it kind of speaks to right in a COVID post COVID-19 world, it's how do you stand out as talent, as someone that's looking for opportunities or looking to put themselves out there? You have to be able to be visible, but also be consistently visible. So like, what has been your process in being able to one, build a brand around the self-made millennial? And how do you think it can apply to those who are really seeking opportunities now? Yes. So I have found it's not a matter of having the largest audience. Mm. Um, I know when I was first starting out building content that I would go to um, networking events, I would get almost no interaction on my LinkedIn posts. Can you yeah. still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, I would get almost no interaction on my LinkedIn posts, but I would go to all these networking events and people go, wow, Madeline, like you're really active on LinkedIn. Like, wow, good for you. And at that point I realized the vast majority of people on any social media platform are lurkers. They are not interacting with you, but you're still being heard. And obviously now I get, I get engagement and it's very um, tangible, but that's my main message. I want people to hear is if you are talking about things that matter, especially in your industry, in your profession, you are being heard. And LinkedIn, uh, especially, I have a course called LinkedIn for Thought Leaders where I'm really like pushing because I think that LinkedIn has such an element of virality that most other social media platforms don't have. And so LinkedIn is actually largely untapped when it comes to content creation. So if you're looking for your next opportunity, if you're looking for your next client, being active on LinkedIn is such an amazing way to be heard, even if you're not getting that media engagement, which, mm. you know, that that can come with with other strategies. Yeah. And then for for people who, you know, do you think it's a matter of the introverted? Because, you know, I talked to a lot of people who said I'm a little bit introverted. I don't think I have an opportunity to speak on LinkedIn because I'm a little timid and I don't know really know what to say. Is it a matter of introverted versus extroverted or do you think it's just a matter of of feeling confident and, and understanding that you do still have a space on platforms like LinkedIn to, to, to share content, to make yourself visible. What are your thoughts? So some of my most successful students uh, in my program, LinkedIn for Thought Leaders, are the biggest introverts. And I think <laughs> because LinkedIn, you can have this massive personality while not having to jump on a stage or do something really scary like that. I think posting on LinkedIn is still scary, but I think that there's a lot of opportunities there. I think one of the major things I hear along the lines of what you're saying is, what do I say? Everything that needs to be said has already been said or been said better. Yeah. And what I have to say to that is you have a personal experience. You have a personal journey. And even just you being one step ahead of someone else is valuable. Such as let's say that you are designing your own website for a, a your company that you just started. You are now one step ahead of someone who started a company but hasn't designed their website yet. So just even just describing your experience of looking up different uh, providers and, and 
developers, there's so much value in your own experience and relating to those people who are in similar situations as you or in similar industries. Mm -hmm. So let, let me, so do you think, you know, the, the, when you think about the future of work and where the workplace is going and the fact that people do have this platform and they could talk even about the micro stuff, how important do you think talent branding is going to be as well as personal branding? Like really people taking control of that opportunity in the, in the future of work. Yes. So I would say that personal brand is going to be your recession proof mm. strategy. When you, when you look at a, you go into the toothpaste aisle, there's so many different brands there's so many different options, yet you find yourself reaching for the same few that you're familiar with. And that's because familiarity breeds fondness. If mm. someone, if you approach someone, um, like, I feel like Tim, like I had seen you so many times before the first time we talked that I felt like I already knew you. I felt like I already loved you. Like I just like, I just already, like you didn't even need to, you needed no introduction. And that is so incredible. Like that is what a personal brand is, is mm -hmm. that you already have that credibility. And and now you never, you never had to cold email me or anything like, like we know each other, you know, no. so it's, <laughs> it's such an, it's like, what is superpower? Right. Yeah. And so when you're trying to stand out among hundreds and hundreds of people, sometimes thousands in some case, um, when you have that personal brand, it insulates like, oh, I have I have a familiarity with that person. I'm going to go with that person over this person who's a complete unknown. And it doesn't have to be a major thing like us really, you know, focusing on this uh, a large amount of content creation, but really just making yourself a bit more familiar. And that makes every person who you're connected to on LinkedIn not a cold message because mm -hmm. they'll say, oh yeah, I've seen you around. Yeah. How's it going? Mm. And really, and really showing up. And I, I love that you, you mentioned that it's what's going to make you recession proof. Right. And I think we're moving towards a world now where I often tell people like I see this mix between the people who are creators, like people like you who are part of this kind of creator economy, but also, I mean, you have a full-time job, as well, <laughs> which and you also, you, and you, and you, and you mix that with your full-time job. Like, that's the future of work, right? Because you understand that it's a matter of both and balancing both. Yeah. And you're able to be confident enough to, to do both. It's not either or. It's like, how are you constructing both to live the life and career you want? Mm -hmm. What are some books? Because you're, I'm sure you're an avid reader on career um, and, and, and job search tips. What are some books or like practical resources that people can, you know, seek uh, to really get into this mind frame, Madeline? Yes. So for me, you're absolutely right. I absolutely love my full-time job. It is, I found my true passion in life is working in human resources and especially employee training. And, and when I read, I actually think it's in the background. When I read four hour work week, that <laughs> changed the game for me because what I realized is like, I, you know, it's not about working when you, especially when you have like a side hustle and you want to balance it. It's not about working every day in that business. It's about finding ways of like, what's your, what's your special sauce? Like what is the, the, the highest impact thing you can do? And then outsource the rest of it. I now have a small team of people who, who help me out with, with various things and they are better at those things than I am. And those are also things that um, are not the best use of my time. And so really getting over the idea of, oh, now I'm spending money. It's like, you're spending a lot more money if you're spending your time and your your mental health on these things when you could very well outsource. And so that to me has been a game changer of really balancing this, this life because it just makes it so I'm able to have the best of both worlds. 
Powerful, powerful. Check out the four hour work week if you haven't. And I want to show <laughs> right right behind Madeline. This is there. And I want to show love to Sam who says he just downloaded the follow up email templates that you shared last night. So he he really appreciates you for that. And yeah. Tony totally agrees with you. Tony's an Oakland, Oakland town man. Shout out to Tony for showing love. You know, Madeline, when is the book coming out? Because you definitely need to write a self-made millennial book. I know, right? I uh, I went the course route, but I definitely, you know, a book a book should happen. Shout out to all the publishers out there. <laughs> call me. <laughs> Madeline's coming for you, you publishers. Call her. No, seriously, we need a self-made millennial book because I think it'll be transformative, especially given times like this. Madeline, we appreciate you so much for tuning in coming on. What will be your powerful takeaway for our guide community? So... I would say, um, I think that right now so many people are frozen. They're frozen. They think, what, you know, should I wait around until my profession is, is going to, to, to pick up again? Um, should I wait until companies are stop having a hiring freeze? There's just all these questions about when, when should I start? And my answer is yesterday, last week, like start now, really start building these skills, start building these relationships more than anything. If you ever feel stuck, start reaching out to people and just building relationships proactively. Um, it's so important that we move from having this planning mindset in the job search right now during coronavirus to um, an experimentation mindset where we're just going out there uh, where Sam is using these follow-up templates and maybe the first person doesn't respond, but then he sent, he tweaks it slightly and then the next person responds, you know, so really focusing on that and, and just making sure that we are experimenting along the way, because that that's what this is. It's grand experiment. And the people who are getting the jobs right now are the ones who are saying, I am not stopping. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Shift from planning to experimentation, y'all. We actually have one more question from one of our amazing community members, Saad. Saad is asking, how do you recommend Madeline getting your personal brand to the people and roles you are interested in to also appeal to a wider audience? Yes. So I call this concentric audiences. So you typically have an audience in the center. That is your absolute target audience. So let's say, um, Saad, it's, it's product managers. But then maybe you know, the, the people right outside of that are maybe people in say the technology industry. And maybe the people outside of that are the people who are just interested in career development in general or whatever it is. Um, and so I think what's good is to really post about content where you like people to overhear it. So, um, I have, uh, I have, you know, some students who are, they'll focus on something like, uh, law and they'll talk about leadership in the law field and leadership for lawyers. But even if you're not a lawyer, it's kind of interesting to overhear what they're saying. And like, there's also elements of those, those posts that are, are, are interesting to everyone. So really thinking about, uh, how you can talk about, you know, product management, but then what are ways that are really interesting for other people to relate? So maybe not going super detailed into certain uh, processes or, or, or technical terms. Uh, and that can really start and generate a conversation because on LinkedIn, it's stumble upon content. So no one's searching for your post. You need to gain that interest through a post that is speaking to more than one concentric audience. I love that. That's such a powerful practical strategy to really focusing 
on your co-centric audiences and understanding where you can be overheard, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out to Tony who's showing you some more love as we cap things out. Thank you so much for your wisdom, Madeline. I reach to people who you admire. Tim, for me, thank you so much, Tony. Shout out to you. It's key to building a brand, gaining knowledge and finding the next step. Is there an etiquette you suggest for cold outreach to people in leadership, even if it's not for an offer, including management? Hmm. Is there an etiquette you suggest for cold outreach to people and even if it's not for an offer? Hmm. Um, so I think that there's several things when you're, especially when you're reaching out to people who are more busy, um, is acknowledging that they're busy, right? I'm sure you have a, a lot to do. Um, I was hoping you should be able to chat for about 15 minutes and, and tell me about your story. Um, and, and then also another way to do it is, is to ask like, who, who should I speak to about this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're not necessarily asking for their time, but you're asking for who you want to pass me along to, which is totally <laughs> cool. Um, and something that I think they'll be more comfortable doing, uh, as well as, you know, just, I, one thing that I have, uh, told people to do, and it, it can work really well is put your phone number in and just say, also, like, if you just get a chance, you can also just call me a lot of people who are high level and very busy. If, and, and I've actually done this sometimes like my, my LinkedIn inbox is an absolute um, jungle, but if someone just puts their phone number there and I happen to be walking down the street, I will just call them and they'll be like, Oh my God, Madeline, I can't believe you're calling me right now. But I'm like, I'm not going to get back to you and, and like for like seven to 10 business days if I don't call you right now. And so <laughs> I love that giving that, giving people like that option of like, or you can just call me whenever uh, it's weird how, how, how like you can get people on the phone. That's so powerful. Or sending a quick voice note. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we can definitely do this, right? I love that. That's such a great tip. Definitely, Tony, pin that down. Note that down. Madeline, it was such an honor having you on our live podcast today. We need to have you on for a future episode. What do you think? I would love it, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Madeline. Keep doing all the amazing things that you're doing. Thanks. And you, you as well. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. <laughs> With that said, shout out to Madeline and Mark. I mean, these two are rock stars. If you're super interested in connecting with them and following the amazing movement that they're building, check them out on LinkedIn. Check them out on TikTok. Check Mark out on Instagram. They're super active and they're super helpful and supportive in building community and leading their movements. With that said, definitely be a part of guideapp.co beta. We are in beta and we are onboarding some of our elite and amazing creators, such as Mark and Madeline. So definitely check out check us out at guideapp.co. And if you're interested in being on a future episode of the Guide Live podcast, please reach out to me. Definitely let me know, and we'll definitely give you our platform and have you share a little bit about how you're leading your movement in the world. With that said, peace, love, and abundance, and I shall talk to you tomorrow. Bye, y'all.